Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I hate menopause. It's the devil. Oh my gosh, are are we high on housewares? Love the bread, love the bread. Hello, everyone. This is And Just Like That, The Writer's Room, the official companion podcast of And Just Like That from Max. I'm Michael Patrick King, writer, director, and executive producer. And with me today... I'm Julie Rottenberg. Executive producer, writer. I'm Susan Bales-Hill. Consulting producer and writer. And I'm Elisa Zaritsky. Executive producer and writer. And today, we are going to talk about episode 208, 100 Years Ago. Now, this title is one of the few titles that we <laughs> have not— I'm still trying to come up with a better title. Literally on with the subway. I was like, there might, That's Elisa, <laughs> and Elisa has a thing. She can nail things, and this and one is elusive. And not. <laughs> and I actually thought, well, 100 years ago, because basically they're talking about things that feel suddenly like they happened 100 years ago, which is Miranda's life as a lawyer and Carrie's relationship with Big. But— Elisa, I said to her, hey, I got, I think, we wrote this. This is written yes, by Michael Patrick King, Julie Rottenberg, and Elisa Zaritsky. It's a triad Yay, of dissatisfaction <laughs> about the title. Even though this is I- like, This is like the definition of too many cooks, right? I, but yet not enough to come yes. up with a good title. <laughs> right. Um, anyway, 100 Years Ago is the title and will remain the title for the next 100 years. So yes. episode eight is exciting for us because we ended episode seven with the cliffhanging kiss of Carrie and Aiden. And we brought him up to New York, created a little bit of a situation where he says, <laughs> I'm never going back in that apartment. He's going to leave and turns around and sweeps in with an emotional romantic kiss. Now, where are they? So as a writing room, our job is to catch you up and also somehow create scenes that tell you what's happened without going through it all. So we open up on a hotel room, the one that he said, hey, there's hotels, and it's Carrie and Aiden sexy. I mean, come on. Maybe sexier than you've ever seen them before. I agree, Elisa. I've never seen those two characters so Did relaxed. Did we ever see so them? I'm not sure we ever. With each other. I don't remember ever seeing them in bed to that extent. Like that, we would see them yeah, cuddly, maybe you're falling right. into bed, but you're not right. like you're right. You're right. 
Well, first of all, yes, but there is a hundred years ago, there was a scene where they were in bed and they were very comfortable. And it's kind of a famous scene where she was dissatisfied because he had a he was, belly and a bucket of fried chicken on his belly. Okay. And she wanted to go out see, dancing with the ladies. Right. But it was well, too, there you go. Okay. Dissatisfied. A, another scene I thought you were talking about because I did recently. What is that, Julie? Show my kids this episode, but it was oh the one God. where- Oh, my God. Um, high social I, services? I, I, yes, exactly. Child protection. <laughs> I've been picking sex. and choosing. Guys, there's a filter. <laughs> I am the filter, and yet not. Um, <laughs> the unfiltered where filter. Where they were in bed, and they were kissing, and he's making this noise. Mm, and she's like, ooh, that noise. And he's like, what? And it's so- Painful and mm. just cheesy. Dissatisfied. But dissatisfied. Yes, right, well, guys. there was always that contrast of Mr. Right, big right. was the big O personified. Right. Yeah. And Aiden was the Comparing sweet guy contrast. who doesn't bring you to the mountain yeah, who does your floors. and make you see right. the face of God. So, right. you know, and in the writing room, <laughs> we always decide, okay, well, we've done the mm and we've yes. done the dissatisfaction. And if we're bringing Aiden back and we're introducing Carrie and Aiden again, what can we do that's new? And the first clue that they're in a different place is the way they are in bed. In bed. And I really feel... Uh, that Rai Russo Young directed this episode and it's just so beautiful, the first scene, because I feel that it, they've been there making love for a week mm -hmm. and having really good sex and both the actors are incredibly comfortable with each other. That's the joy yeah. of Sarah Jessica and John yeah. Corbett together is they already trust each other. Yeah. But when her feet come out from under that covers and go up on his chest, I'm like, well, we're in a different place. But it also speaks to the reality of maturing. And when you're younger, danger is very alluring. Mm, that's mm -hmm. true. And then as you mature, yeah. you realize, no, safe is sexy. Yes. <laughs> and there's an appreciation that she has. When you first pitched this idea of— Me. She, yes, Me, you, Michael. Michael. You had this central thought of she's opened up to him in a way, and she's comfortable with him in a way, and she's having orgasms like she's never had before. It was very resonant. Yeah. And, you know, with the Carrie character, uh, she's always been sort of private. And even with the, the conversation she's had with uh, her best friends, she's always been erring on the side of, I'm not crossing that line. The closest she ever got to talking about a wild sex life was the big colored outside the lines. And that was in the movie, but in the series, she's always been next. Sort of demure. Yeah, yeah. like next conversation. Mm -hmm. Like she'll think about it and write something about it later, but she's not going to put herself out there. But the point is... Why is she so open? This is part of an overriding theme for this iteration of this series, that there are things that do get better with age. It's not all downhill Which because is such yes. a your body parts idea. aren't all defying right? gravity That's anymore. It is, it is a golden age when you know yourself and the comfort of having known someone and had a history mm. with them. Yeah. That's something that brings out a love and a passion yeah. And orgasms. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking about that, too, because, you know, in the past version of them, her mind was always racing, like, is he? Is he? What's wrong right. with him? The other shit. I know there's something in the chicken and the, mm, mm, you know, mm. like that. And it it is a function of age and what she's been through that she can just 
be completely in the moment, in her body, in the relationship and appreciate. Be in the moment versus, especially now after the death, her motto is life's too short. And here she is. And, you know, in the writing, we have her say, you know, do you want to order the $86 omelet again or the $26 omelet? Because we wanted to begin to push them into a world where they had to discover where else they could go instead of spending all this money because we have doubled down on he's not going there into that apartment. So we wanted to show that Carrie is different. And you see it first with her. The minute he mentions his farmhouse in Virginia because of the chickens and the omelets and it's expensive. (laughs) Rather than hesitating and having any Mm -hmm. uh, thought process, she says, I'd like to see that. I'd like to be there. I'd like to meet your kids. And he actually goes, what? (laughs) (laughs) What? Even he's surprised by the new version of her. She's moving really fast. And even Charlotte says, ooh, this right. is moving kind of fast. <laughs> fast. It's like an old timey. It, if Carrie Charlotte said, is saying it's moving fast, right. you're, you might And then out. Carrie, of course, yeah. and you start to see, it's like the adult equivalent of like when you're uh, used to doodle somebody's name next to yours to see if you're a couple. All of a sudden she's like, okay, so I, this whole Howard's Fantasy, End thing about yeah. like, how far would it be to go to, she's thinking already about the future saying it will take an hour and a half and that's what Howard's end took to, if you lived in London, she's trying to justify this com- commute because she's feeling so mm-hmm, much. Mm-hmm. And looking at it in a different way than she ever did. And I think the fact that when she reveals that to Miranda, which is, you could say, maybe the most intimate You're talking about what she says about Big? Yes. Well, before we get to that, let's talk about the fact that Miranda walks down the street with her and says, are you moving too fast? This is somebody who who literally just was a bullet train out of her her last last life. Well, and she's beginning to pay those consequences. Or put the pieces together about what it costs when you do that. But for Miranda, it was incredibly... No thinking, more yep. feeling. And now Carrie's somewhere between both. She's feeling, and right. she re- admits in this scene that she's having orgasms, Julie. Bigger and better than she ever did with Big and even with Aiden. And That's I love the that distinction. Thing. Yes, because it's not but, just yeah. comparing yeah. Coke and Pepsi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that She's changed, that they've changed, that they're in a new place, and what a revelation. And then she asks the big question, which is shocking. Should you maybe take a beat here? You're moving so fast, you didn't even know you Googled England. Aiden and I aren't in the past. I'm very much in the present. In fact, these last couple weeks, I've been having orgasms like I have never had in my entire life with anyone, including Aiden. Oh, okay, that's interesting. I think maybe I was always holding a piece of myself back because of Big, like I couldn't or I wouldn't allow myself to fully go there, just feel this connection. Uh-huh. You know, and I'm just wondering, was it always there and I just didn't want to accept it? And Miranda, I, I can't. What is it?
I've been asking myself. Was big a big mistake? And, you know, we right. think a lot about the audience reaction to stuff. Not and exclusively. And we debated this. Yeah. But we talk about it a lot. And we think about it. Because we are the, we are the original audience. Yeah. And we In try to. And then at the table read. I mean, wasn't it after the table read that you second guessed whether was this big, big was mistake. the episode for her for to this. ask yes. Yes. was big? Yes. Like, is it The too question soon? that she didn't, she asked that we're talking yes. about is what? Was big a big mistake? And that Which is, Miranda has no answer for. And that and, was another thing, if I remember correctly, on the very first call we had with you where we even dared to think, would we, could we do a season two? You said that sentence and that really, like, was such a gut punch. Well, and I it, loved it. it. It's a, well, it's, it's a, an existential question. It's also <laughs> it's a plate-shifting question on, yeah. the, on the legacy of the, the series that came yeah. before this. But I also want to say, because my dear friend Elisa, who I've known since I was nine, one of the things that we sometimes do that feels radical and that we're not supposed to do is feel regret. And wallow in regret. And, and say it and out loud. And stop ourselves yeah. from saying. What do you mean? You, know, you do say it or you yeah, don't we say do. it? We do. We give each, each other permission. I'll say like, I regret. I should have, whatever it is, looked at a different school for my kid or moved to a different place or whatever it is that it feels good to kind of beat myself up about to regret a choice. And then this weird reaction we have, I think, as friends to say, no, but here's the reason you, mm -hmm. it, to make it right, to get rid of the regret. And the fact that Miranda can let her just say it and not argue back and say all the reasons why, of course, it wasn't a big mistake. You had to go through that to get here. Like, that's our Well, and then the instinct. fun of writing is when you don't write. And then you actually comment on the fact that you don't Haven't have anything, anything to say. Yeah. And that Miranda says, I, I still don't know what to say because it's a bit earth shattering thought. And coming from that lunch where these very familiar, very old friends are saying, hey, this seems fast or, oh my God. And then you have Seema. The new friend mm -hmm. who's quietly mm -hmm. catching eating up. Yeah. her chicken, which is delicious. You she says her I like feelings. Her, and eat, <laughs> she's also eating her feelings, her feelings, which yeah. is yeah. important because she hears the dreaded Aiden and I. We, we, we want to have dinner we with have you. We want to have you with dinner. Mm -hmm. So she, the alarm goes off, the flare goes up. The wall goes down. The yeah. wall goes down. But and it's she, so subtle. And mm -hmm. No, it's very subtle because she's smart. And she she's take, focusing on the she phone. She puts it into the real estate. Mm -hmm. She's already said, I don't want to talk about this. But then Carrie says, it's this beautiful red brick farm. And she says, let me see it. I'm back in. And then she just looks up and says, send me some dates. And... Carrie is just like, okay, but even Sarah Jessica, as the actor, clocks a veil across her eyes that says, that's interesting. And then when they're back on the street in the scene after, and you're talking about Miranda saying you're allowed to do regrets, the scene starts with Miranda's big regret. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. The mm -hmm. biggest mistake she yeah. made. The smart, ambitious, 
well-meaning, career-driven, mm-hmm. humanitarian-driven now since she left. Who went back to school to yeah. specifically. Says yeah. her biggest regret is... Is not taking that Human Rights Watch internship. And I feel like the reaction the audience had last season to Miranda not doing the quote-unquote right thing, and she talks about it in the last episode last season when she's like, do I always have to do the right thing? And now here she is. I feel like she's also allowed to beat herself up a little. I mean, that's what I'm talking about is that Carrie doesn't say no, no, no. You know, she's sometimes you you just have to let it be. Live. So it's all about regrets. And they all start to go on their individual journeys. Miranda's is to the Human Rights Watch. Seema's is to her own pull away. Mm -hmm. And Carrie's is forward. What am I going to do? We're spending so much money at this. And he won't come back to my My apartment. apartment. Mm -hmm. So that opens up the new Che reality, which is impulsively Che found a dog on the street and brings it to a vet pet clinic where um, Judy, a former worker and friend, Co-worker, yep. Offers them the job back of being a vet tech. Now, the vet tech thing. Yeah, we, we have, have to, to talk about our yeah, it's like, uh, Once again, yes. nobody's laying a chicken, an egg in my bed. <laughs> but in the writing room, there are many things, many eggs laid. And one of the eggs that we definitely picked up and ran with was that Samantha Irby, I would say, you know, cartoon bulldozer emotionally <laughs> of of sweetness. And best-selling author, we must uh, say. Yeah. Uh, her job before she was full-on best-selling author Celebrity. <laughs> was she was at the desk of a pet An vet, animal. vet clinic for, yeah, yeah. for years. And so the, yeah, many, 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 many years. In fact, and whenever I have a dog question about my, my, my dog's Irby. health, I ask Sam because but, she knows she's basically a <laughs> she's vet adjacent. Vet. And she because, is. because I mean, she Samantha really knows has things. that sharp, sharp, sharp dark sense of humor, and then actually was somebody who would take dogs and cats and oh turtles well, and whatever animals heart. would come in and be loving. I was, We were like, well, that's ah. Che's job. And what we wanted to show was that Che's been, you know, jenga down, yeah. completely <laughs> toppled, and how do they exist? And we didn't want Che to be any more laying in a bed Unlike Carrie and Aiden, mm-hmm. who are in bed happily, Che was in bed not happily mm-hmm. in a depression. And so we had to activate Che and think, well, who was Che before they became Che Diaz, Netflix star? And Che goes back 100 years ago to where now we're liking the title more because yeah. the more I use it, the more I see how no, smart still we are. Selling. Still Michael is still selling the title. If, yeah, I used to be. If you would like to rename this episode. I think we should do a sweepstakes. Yes. <laughs> sure. Oh, First, we'll God. go to the 1950s. You went Chihuahua. <laughs> you went in Chihuahua from the vet tech clinic. But anyway, Che goes back 100 years ago to where, who they used to be, even before they were Che. Um, and they were just person who was unrealized but funny. Un- unrealized as a production Performer. entity. Yeah. Yes. Well, and as a, you know, I used to wait on tables for a hundred years. And I'm telling you, I was funny. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. 
Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, well, that's we what I was going to say. I mean, it was like those work friends that you're so— when You get another yeah, person who's funny and sarcastic. Well, well can I, we talk about Judy? Yeah. Because that was another one of your beautiful conceits, I Patricia thought. Black. The OG trans woman who has this wry sense of humor and this incredible perspective. And, and this incredible heart. acceptance. But the idea of taking Che, who was, I think it's safe to say, a little full of themselves last season, and taking them back to their their roots. original roots. And there's nothing I love more than hearing your stories about waiting tables. Michael and I have my own, and we all Good. worked hellish jobs. And no, but that's—I feel like that, that allowed Che to be brought down to earth a little more, I think— you know that to thing that people say you really know who someone is not when they're at the top, but when they're in a hard time, that's mm-hmm. when you really mm-hmm. see who people really are. Like mm-hmm. it's all very easy to be funny and nice and charming when you're at the top. Right. But when you're struggling. When you're yeah. when you're struggling and you're still that person. So we wanted to show who Che was before all the New ego. Well, the and ego also, was gratified, right? To deal with the reality, they have bills to pay, right. and they they need a job. And yeah. the next best thing to a good job is a job. So. And right, and because they're Airbnb being out their apartment, mm-hmm. which brings the uh, you know I've I've talked before on this show is like the serial killer wall in the writing room about the red <laughs> tape, the red yarn that goes from each character. How do we connect? How do we connect? And part of the thought behind having Che move to Hudson Yards and have an apartment that was too expensive was that they would have to move out and then we would have a place to move Carrie and Aiden. And it also gives us the comedy of that, you know, and the set, Karen, who is our set decorator, kept saying, this apartment is so bland. Oh, my God. And, Tim, and we kept Tim going, Norman, by, don't get him started. Right, right. By, by design, yes. our, our DP. This, and we yeah, wanted the place to look Ikea. 
<laughs> antiseptic. And that apartment is modeled exactly off a floor plan and a brochure from one of those Hudson Yards apartments that Miguel designed. And so we wanted Carrie and Aiden, who've been talking about a farm in Virginia, to move into basically an operating room. Yes. Where they have to then <laughs> try to make it homey. Because mm-hmm. what we always believe about Aiden is that he's homey. He's a nester. He's yeah. a nester and that he's got things. He And it's the comedy run starts with... Him opening those cabinets. Like nothing's there. <laughs> Where's like, the peppermill? <laughs> you can't <laughs> live without a peppermill. And Carrie doesn't understand any of it because she's lived without a peppermill. And then she comes out of the bedroom and goes, but there's no hangers and they're all wired. (laughs) (laughs) That's really funny because that's where, I think that's another crack where Sarah Jessica just laughs. So we get them on what we designed this episode to be is and what we Honeymoon. called, mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm, that that scene mm-hmm. we called the ecstatic and, errand, yes. where they're basically like high on housewares and just the fun of playing house. We wanted them to. And have also, fun. they never really got a chance they to didn't. do that. No, because you know, there was always old. like, I don't want to buy a pepper mill with you. Yeah. I'm going to marry somebody what else. What does that yes. mean? Too scary. Like, everything, was, everything was fraught with them yeah. before, and now it feels She's and embracing the colander. Yeah. And we wanted to show hot, 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 hot sex for a week and then cute, 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 Domestic. cute, cute, cute yes. shopping. Yeah. I mean, what's Straight better than that? To and the marriage, other basically. thing, by bringing Che into the scene when they're both there. With do, all the goodies, the new coffee making, maker, cooking, the beer, and they're they cooking. Making nice. It did feel for the first time like we, it was almost like a crossover episode because Che is like the new this new series and just like that. And then Aiden was the original and I felt like they were coming into the same room and it felt electric yeah. to have Che look at them with some distance and say, well, what happened here? The Airbnb serves many things. What it does is it shows a lightness for them. It shows how it's a caper, good they are. It's a little bit of a, a caper. caper. And then it says the big moment, which in the writing room, I remember, I do remember when I pitched this, mm-hmm. I shut down emotionally it's when Chase says, why didn't this work out the yeah. first time? And mm-hmm. Carrie says, I made a mistake. And just to say it, I feel like that's a perfect example of it needed to be someone who didn't live through it, who didn't know all the drama and the pain and the tragedy, could just say the thing out loud. Why didn't this work out? I feel like everyone else in their lives knows mm-hmm. that would be a radioactive that would be a very dangerous but question that, that to ask. But that question and the answer stopped us cold in the it room. It did, emotionally. We, there because was a, just, we all went, <gasps> because when you know you yes, hit the mother yes. alone. Because it, it represents that Carrie is owning it. Mm-hmm. And I, what I always thought was interesting about it is that Aiden, I think Aiden thought it was his problem, too. I was going to say, which isn't necessarily how he saw it. No. She answers for herself. Right. Mm -hmm. I made a mistake. And it means so much to him because she is taking responsibility. Not saying, oh, well, you know, wrong place. It's a long story. Long story, wrong place, wrong time. mm -hmm. Oh, that's silly. She doesn't make a joke. She owns it. I made a mistake. She could not be more naked Mm. in terms of that. Mm -hmm. And he is kind of taken aback because the first time she blew him away earlier was like, I'd like to see that farmhouse. Mm. Boom. And then this one is, 
I made a mistake. And what this also gave us was a moment of Che in Carrie's apartment alone. Che putting on the uh, under eye bags. That and was walking like that. Through the yes. Samantha Irby conceit. Yes. The notion yes. of she would try out all of her cosmetics like a child, all of her face creams. She would have an orgy yes. of beauty products. That is another moment where I feel like you have to love Che because they are like a kid in a candy store. Yeah. Just and isn't that everyone's fantasy to be in someone a cool person's Especially apartment alone? Especially Carrie Bradshaw. Yeah. And, but but be- then you also get aside from the funny the I don't like that fragrance and the bags yeah. under the yes. eyes. <laughs> you get them walking into the closet and looking at it like hmm okay, but not like ooh like no. like a like a, <laughs> yes. like a fan of Sex in the City would walk into that closet right. and go ooh. Right. Well, they, also they're walking they're sort in of like amused. interesting. That those <laughs> shoes must hurt. So Carrie is meanwhile planning this dinner for all of her friends to spend time with Aiden, the ones that have known him from before, who can't wait. And then we cut to Seema, and for the first time, she's ignoring a text from Carrie, which is kind of a big moment. And the text says basically, "Haven't heard back from dinner. Is everything okay?" And she turns it over, and then. We start this other story of hers, which is we meet her real estate partner, and he brings in this high-end item named Ravi, who is coming to New York to uh, do a Marvel movie because uh, it's finally gotten around to him that yep. the Marvel brand is now very, very multi-ethnic, and he's this big hotshot director, and he needs a place to stay for six months and Seema's like, I don't do that. And then he basically says, there's a meet cute, I would guess you would say. There's a mm-hmm. meet real estate cute. Mm-hmm. And you see her sort of perk up. And we see her at work, which was very exciting it was for a goal. me anyway. Yeah. Yes, we wanted, yeah, we to, wanted see to show Seema the, the baller, baller uh, girl. the baller of her in that big building, in that Seema Gold Desk. We see her partner that she's with Paust and Patel. That means she's an owner. John Glover's playing Elliot Paust. And we wanted to show her world and how important it is. But the real important thing in the scene from the story point of view is that she ignores Carrie's call. And then the next moment in the Seema story is where she is at a beauty parlor about to get her hair done. And she sees Carrie is at the next bowl and pretends she doesn't see her. And as she walks away, Carrie sees her walking away and stops her Mm. and says, hey, I haven't heard from you. Now, this is one of those things where you think, does this happen? Those dividers between the hairballs, that's real. We we had wanted to do a scene in a beauty salon. I I have (laughs) to say, because we're always looking for how can we mix it up? How can we we Claire Booth lose it? How (laughs) can we the women it? How can we show a stylish moment? And how can we show the characters with wet hair? Which makes you very vulnerable. Mm -hmm. It is the vulnerability. How can we get them so vulnerable? And this is important because I think it happens sometimes when someone's very close to you, you can't see them. And then there's yeah. the drive-bys yes. like, I don't want to see them. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, this was another thing where the conception that you had, Michael, of these two friends, wet hair out on the street. 
And that was something we were guarding, that we were determined to do. We were very—we wanted this hard scene to happen where they were in this vulnerable state. Then we get there. We're shooting on a day when it's really cold out, (laughs) and there was talk of, like— And raining. And and raining. raining. And there was, like, talk of, like, oh, God, could they do it in the front of the salon? And this was— this was the because one of the. Because we like to torment actors. No, <laughs> no because you... I like to realize the writing. Yeah, and that I feel like there are certain moments when you've taught us. Sometimes you got to say, "All right, on the day it, we had to go another way," and this was something. It was like, "Oh hell no!" Protecting We're, the vision. Yeah. only lasted a few days. <laughs> Not true. And here's the here's the other thing. Both those actors knew the importance. And the uniqueness of having wet hair on Madison Avenue. So it wasn't like, get out there and do this scene the way right. we wrote no, it. It no. was like, it's going to be cold. Give them umbrellas. Mm-hmm. And it just, sometimes visual, it's magical. It's a vision. The rain yeah. makes it the umbrellas of Cherbourg. They're in New York. It's gray. It's it's, it's that time of the year yeah. in New York where everything's gray. And then Carrie, it's just so great. Wardrobe sent an umbrella that's filled with flowers behind her. And yeah. Seema's got a very primary offbeat, like grays and greens and mustard umbrella. And we had the loophole was the cigarette to get them outside. Yeah, you just yes. don't put them outside. There has to be a reason. Seema smokes. She's having a tense conversation. As she says to Carrie, if we're having this conversation, I'm going to need a cigarette. Yeah. And Carrie says, what conversation? And, and she says— And you see the look of dread this on— This one. This one. Yeah. And, and this, this is important. This is really cracking, Seema, open. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've talked about turning a new page, opening a new chapter, and Seema, they're always in control, the femme fatale. Mm. And we learn that she's never had a great love. Well, mm-hmm. and also how hurt she was, like, yeah. to reveal— that vulnerability. And how vulnerable it makes her feel to that this special new friend is basically leaving but her the only for reason, this big love. The yeah. only reason that this scene is in there is to stand up for the women who are single mm-hmm. and unattached. Mm-hmm. And when, who are third wheels. Well, and, and who do not yeah. want to spend another summer, yeah. as she says, sleeping in a kid's room with a surfboard. Of her yeah. married friends. Well, or and, being the third wheel in their own house that they rent right. with yes. Carrie. Well, because exactly. she's exactly. Because Carrie's like completely forgotten about <laughs> yes, the fact that which they proposed is to so each right. other. To, right. to show Carrie as flawed. Like when Carrie says, oh, I forgot about that. And Seema's like, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like it's so revealing. And yeah. the other thing I like in the writing is she says, it's not like I can't go to dinner with three people. She owns her power. She goes, I can, but I I don't don't want want to. From everything I've heard, it sounds to me that you've had these two great loves and I've had none. No, please don't say I will because I might not. And I can live with that. But I can't do this summer. That's not true. I, I could, but I don't want to. I don't want to spend a fortune having this feeling. So I got her deposit back. What? Without talking to me. I didn't want you to lose money. I'm not worried about losing money. I'm worried about losing you. And then that's a way of us, by not talking about Samantha, to talk about Samantha and the pain of that, the 
the way that friendship changed. That distance yeah. only leads to distance. Space gives you more space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Carrie says, she says, I just need some space. Mm-hmm. And Carrie, season two, and just like that, says, no. Mm-hmm. She actually says, you can't have it. And then Seema goes in and it's, give me more space. Mm-hmm. And Carrie has to deal with it. And the great thing and the happy ending of this story for Seema and Carrie is that Carrie begrudgingly accepts it. Seema says, doesn't cave. And then she walks in. At the end of looking the Looking amazing. Heroically, as a golden girl. As, yes. I'll say, another nice callback to the old series is now Seema's in the role of mm. Mr. Big yeah. in Man, Man, Myth, and the Viagra, showing He's- up heroically to meet Aiden where he, mm. Mr. Big, right, right, right. showed up to meet the friends. Where, yeah, where Carrie right. had lost hope mm. and in walks... Yep. Mr. Big. And I think like one of the little threads that we pull through in And Just Like That is that at this age, these women friends have moved into the kind of big love affairs for these women. Like the fact that Seema proposes to right. Carrie <laughs> yeah. in a Apple store for a house <laughs> is it's just another version of a mm-hmm. romantic you know, it, 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 we're pointing at the fact that now these friends, these new friends, are sort of they're big each, loves, and the resolution of it is just they're uh, each other's satisfying. emotional anchors. Yeah, and just the look on her face when she sees Seema, it's just another example of how important friends are. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and when they can lift you up, but also that there's a can be a fragility. In a friendship and how a vulnerability, yeah. important it is to take care of those. But the magnanimity of Seema, that even though right, you know she's it. looking at a kind of happiness she's never known, that she comes to a place where she doesn't begrudge her friend that. And, and she's going what's to be- her first line to Aiden? Manners, I love but you already. already. That's not even, talk about not, you know, ooh, this is moving so fast. She <laughs> mm-hmm. chooses to love him yeah. immediately. Yeah. Well, and she has a reason. She's elegant. Yeah. He gave her a chair. I love you already. And Carrie says, thanks for coming. And she says, thanks, thanks for, for this space. space. And the friends showing up for each other is really great, especially since these are relatively new friends. And sometimes no one can rescue you but yourself, which is what Charlotte's doing in this episode. Mm-hmm. Charlotte has decided... She's lost Charlotte mm-hmm. in the episode before. Mm-hmm. She's too busy being everybody's thing. Yeah. And if Carrie's running at Aiden like mm-hmm. a old-timey train or <laughs> faster than an old-timey train, Charlotte's not going fast. She's kind of dipping her toe in the water. She's a little bit cautious about mm-hmm. returning to the world of the former Charlotte, which was a gallerina in the 90s in New York City, where everybody sort of looked and sort of behaved a certain way, and she was one of them. Rail thin and a black dress. Just so. Mm -hmm. Smart, chic look. So now she's thinking, I'm 56. I'm returning to a job that I stopped doing at 35, six, seven, Mm -hmm. before 40, certainly. Mm -hmm. 
And so all her insecurities are coming 20 up. 20 years ago, yeah. But the trigger, much like with Seema, the trigger was Aiden's dinner. Mm-hmm. The trigger with Charlotte is a dress. Dress shopping. And it, it's, let's face it, sometimes easier to fixate on a very uh, concrete thing like a dress or your weight rather than the bigger, scarier thing of do I still have it? Yes. Can I still do mm-hmm. it? The dress becomes a metaphor Can I go for back home? does Can it I still even? fit me? Yeah. This gallerina role at 56 with two kids and a husband and a couple extra pounds. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a also a wonderful thing because sometimes friends have big lives and they're involved in their own life and their own families. And every now and then you get a little window where they show up for you. And this is LTW showing up. But they walk in together, and Charlotte says, I know exactly what I want. Well, and also this this is the definition of friendship, and this this sort of harkens back to what I was saying about the regret and do we let each other wallow in something. But we didn't want it to be like Charlotte's insane. I mean, she's got a gorgeous figure, so we talked a lot about, like, is this all in her mind? Like, we wanted LTW to both— validate her and be like you're gorgeous right or but you have to feel good in it lose the belt it's it's walking that tight uh, this was one of our deepest and actually most heart-wrenching conversations that we had because it was all about body image and body types and body standards and those of us who are of a certain age have blindly accepted the crazy body standards of the 80s when they said Melanie Griffith looked fat in Working Girl. And so... Well, and that's hardly stuck in the 80s, I feel like, to this day. Look to at this the day. We're still, Instagram yeah, we're and, still wrestling. Well, there is a growing acceptance for different, different body, body types. types and body positivity. There are more... You know, models you see who are, you know, full-figured and, like, there are more images to counteract what we used to only see. Yes. It's still a very thin-centric culture that we're in. And so how do we—yeah, it was a very tangled uh, web. What's great about it is, for me, in the writing room, is listening. And, you know, weight gain is always— an issue in the world that we know it. Specific menopause weight gain was the thing that I was like, wow, Charlotte, as she says, menopause is the devil, but it's specific to not being able to lose that little belly that she could have knocked off in her 30s in five days with a bone broth. And that's where I thought the story got really interesting was the idea that the dress... I can't do what I used to be able do, to right. do. And do. Just, and it's, it's and then not out of else? my... It's not my doing. I'm eating the bone broth. I, right. I'm projecting. I put that picture of me when I was 35 that she goes through that hat box. In we have that while. beautiful moment where she sees them on the bus in Atlantic City from Sex in the City. You right. see the four of them, how they were. And then she finds, yep, that's me. And that's, that still is from... Like season one, and it's just a photographer from production of Charlotte outside of her gallery. It's a still from the show, and you see that's who she started out to be on this 
multiverse. We wanted it to be both in her mind and not, not in, in her, her mind. Exactly. And, and then you could lose the belt or you couldn't lose the belt, as Julie said. And the fact of the matter is she did not want to lose the belt because she knew what the dress was supposed to to look like. Yes. And she knew what a gallerina was supposed to look like. And or it, so it, she thinks. Or, <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't this. So what does she do? She tells, Harry goes, you look hot. She's like, get out. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> Never going to happen. about like he cannot say he the right thing. He cannot say yeah. the right thing. I'm doing my bone broth. And then you see her and this is another type of a friendship. We've seen <laughs> Seema and Carrie's friendship. We've seen Carrie and Miranda having a real talk to talk. And here's a friendship that happens. I'm sorry, it might be the dirty little secret where two friends are pretending they're having a conversation. Oh, okay. And one person <laughs> is and not in that conversation. They're watching television. Both of them and they're are not. both. <laughs> Talking, they're like par- kids who are parallel playing. <laughs> so it's Anthony and <laughs> Charlotte so talking about their particular deep talk, which Charlotte's going on and on around gallerina, ballerina. Everything's teeny teeny. It has gallerina, and Anthony's talking about uh, Giuseppe. Giuseppe, this new hot, hot guy, fella. <laughs> hot fella. Thank you. Who's the poet? That in the last episode said he would stay. Just till the Valentine's Day rush bump happened. And we come up on them in the episode before the call to Charlotte, where Giuseppe's leaving and Anthony's talking to a woman, Lorraine, on the phone saying, No, you can't have Giuseppe again. <laughs> Eat a protein. And he's frustrated because this woman just wants, she's obviously attracted to Giuseppe and wants these things. And Giuseppe sees him sort of frustratingly pounding the bread and says, Don't. Don't punch Love the bread. Love the bread. Love the bread. I mean, don't, look, first of all, let's just say, you know, we we jumped off a diving board when we hired Sebastiano. <laughs> yes, okay. So here we are in the next level, which is like, again, who is Giuseppe? And he's going to come over and knead the bread. And it's our tribute to, to ghosts. Ghost. <laughs> In case you were wondering, and if you're only fra- if you're only Queer familiar, ghost. if you're only familiar with ghost as a texting term where you don't text somebody back, go look at the movie Ghost because with Demi Moore, Demi mm. Moore, and Patrick, Patrick Swayze, Swayze, pottery wheel, sexy. And we're Whoopi like, Goldberg. we gotta get him behind Anthony, and they need to be kneading the bread together. And we wanted Mario to be able to deepen. Anthony. Mm-hmm. Yes. We we were like, we it was know, time. Well, it was yeah. it to break out of just the rapid the gorgeous retort. one-liners and yes. the and the snap. We wanted as all our characters. And him in charge, him in control. To find out who else is underneath there. So not only are we discovering who's underneath Giuseppe, here's this character you've seen for many, many years. We're discovering what's under him. And that is he has a rule that he doesn't hire gay guys. <laughs> because it doesn't cross physical and professional to him. And he is now talking about Lorraine to Giuseppe and 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 she's got to find somebody else and he goes, "Yeah, every time I'm there I tell her I'm gay." And he goes, well, "You shouldn't have to lie." And this this is this is this is a moment where Elisa kills me in the writing room cuz she writes, he goes, uh, 
Lisa you're channels. Fired. He just goes out of nowhere. <laughs> you're fired. And he goes, you're, uh, he makes up four bad reasons. You were late yeah. yesterday. Oh, yeah. you da, da, da. And then, and then he goes, so I can't have that kind of erratic, erotic right. behavior. And then he goes, you understand? He goes, no, I feel as though you're firing me because I'm gay. <laughs> 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 and then Anthony realizes, uh-oh, I'm in I'm a litigation. I mean, <laughs> I'm not allowed to do that. So he says, you're not fired, you're says, hired. maybe I get a lawyer. <laughs> so uh, then he goes, and then he says in Italian this very thing. And Anthony says, what does that mean? He says, girl, girl take, take a, a chill pill. pill. <laughs> so now Anthony is bemoaning to Charlotte that this can't happen. He's a hot guy. And this is where he sets up the boundaries. And he tells her, and Charlotte's not listening. She's going, gallerina, ballerina. Everything's little. And he's going, oh, yeah. And then she goes, and it's not going to be good because they're young. And then Anthony goes, yeah, mine's a young one too, and just takes it. So you understand these two people of a certain age, which would be 50s, are thinking about these younger people and do they fit with them? And it's also an interesting combination because Miranda is having a similar a young confrontation. me yeah. age, which is at Human Rights Watch. She's the oldest intern. Right. And which, the by the way, was one of our favorite things about it. I'm the oldest intern in our minds. Like, Miranda's oh, the oldest intern. Just thank at- God she has red hair again. That's all. <laughs> yes, yeah, seriously. And we did a lot of research, thanks to a consultant and friend Elise Kepler about Human Rights Watch. We wanted to get it right. We found out how the internship works there. Turns out, and this freaked me out, that they really are not allowed to work past a certain time. There are Six all o'clock. kinds of rules. 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, we that- wanted to get Human Rights Watch right. And so, for example, what you're looking at on camera, the Human Rights Watch, is our writer's offices that we were (laughs) evicted from (laughs) and that Miguel and the set decorators completely transformed into the Human Rights Watch that they went and looked at. And special thanks to Human Rights Watch for opening up their offices to the, and not only their offices, but their entire sort of organization to us for you know, so that we could do to exactly. so that we could do so we an accurate really depiction. And then it comes down to the 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 characters that populate it. We have Raina, who is the boss, who is pregnant, who hires Miranda, and we meet the younger characters that we were talking about. They're all younger, even Raina's younger. But the young other interns are Serena and Sloan. I mean, the joy of seeing Miranda walk in and be her charming self and connect with these young women and we didn't want them to be uh villains we didn't want them to be we like did at one point we were girls, a little snarky cool girls <laughs> we did well we oh, started them we started them as <laughs> yes. altruistic we started yes. them as welcoming until yes. the plot twist turns and they she gets they promoted gonna... above them and then they become righteously indignant yeah but also uh, you can understand why they're annoyed you would be annoyed if some other writer came in and was funnier and smarter. And oh, sorry, I'm not talking about anyone I know. Um, uh, where were we? Um, you were removing the shiv from yes, my back. So. Uh, surely you can understand. Um, my, if we can just talk about the salad shaking moment, please. I think that uh, I, I wish that we could just show. 
all of the, there were, the salad shaking, there could be a whole montage of salad shaking that, uh, Cynthia. that Cynthia Nixon her salad. put herself into. silence of having crashed their little lunch and then trying to not feel paranoid, <laughs> but she's, we wanted to make her like, she's not an idiot. She would pick up on the fact that they're. Once again, uh, resentful. I, I love it when someone says, and Cynthia says it so much. I'm, I'm, I'm not sound paranoid, but I feel like you're texting about me. Like the audience knows they're texting, and then Miranda goes, you're texting about me. They're like, no, really, we're not. And then Miranda gets promoted again. Mm-hmm. And they go, well, I guess you're just perfect. And Miranda has to take herself down. And it's like, no, actually, I'm a sexually confused uh, alcoholic going through a divorce. And that's what Miranda does best. Serena, yeah. I- I'm double checking my notes and I realize you omitted the migration stats. I- I'm just flagging it. I can put them back in. I guess you're just perfect, Miranda. Actually, I'm a sexually confused alcoholic who's in the midst of a divorce. Whoa, on that note. Good night. Good night. <laughs> It's but like, that's also another beautiful theme of the episode, that sometimes you get derailed to find yourself again. And that with your age, you start to accept your flaws. Yes. And realize it's not an uninterrupted march to the award ceremony. Well, like, well, the funny thing about that reveal, which is great, she's completely nakedly honest, and the younger people go, yikes. Uh, <laughs> like, on that it, note, That's it, inappropriate. <laughs> So, and then Raina comes out and says to Miranda, you got to leave again because of the six o'clock intern rule. And she says, I want you to go to the, you know, do something more with me, move up. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm being induced. You're my replacement. She says, you know, enjoy your power. I don't think you put yourself second at Harvard. Yeah. Be who you are. Don't worry about them. Yeah. Don't worry about them. Just do a good job. And then Charlotte has to walk into her younger people and what has happened is she has not lost the weight. She sees she the belt. She can't breathe in she the She can't breathe, though. She puts on three pairs of Spanx. And the kids are like, Mom, do you have a sore throat? Because she's talking. <laughs> she's like, I'll see you later. Because she's out of breath. Chris is like, gah, gah, gah. And then she, won't she be walks down much. the street. She sees a reflection. As everybody always does, or let me just speak specifically, she sees herself (laughs) in a reflection in a mirror, in the window as a mirror, and she thinks, this belt's wrong. And she takes off the thing Mm. that she thought was the most special thing about the outfit and covers her belly with her coat when she walks in to the visage, (laughs) to the point of view of exactly what she feared. Feared. Mm -hmm. Two twiggy. Two Mm -hmm. human pencils. Human (laughs) high fashion, dressed in black, uh, Anastasia and Kai. And they are- They're nice. They're lovely. They're friendly and terrifying. And then Charlotte (laughs) feels like, of course, I don't fit here. And she Mm -hmm. starts to pull in. And then she meets her savior, which is Leela, played by Bonnie Milligan. And Bonnie, of course, comes down the stairs and she is not editing herself. And she's fully in bloom of loving who she is. Bonnie Milligan, of course, the Tony winner. So that was no sweat there that she'd, be able, to, Kimbo. she'd yep. be able to embody this character. She's not cold. She's not thin. And she says to Charlotte, I love the name Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Charlotte Webb's my favorite book. I always like someone named Charlotte. Come on, I'll show you where 
And Charlotte says, where can I put my coat? And she says, come on, make yourself comfortable. And, and Charlotte sees that the gallery is... Has changed. Has changed. The, the ga- art the world, art has, world changed. has changed. The world has changed. Yes. People and it's are okay now- to just be you. Well, as and long that, as you're no good at your job. No one cares if you have... If you're a little heavier than you used to be or whatever you, whoever you are, just be you. You know, it's another example of showing someone break their paradigm. Charlotte Mm -hmm. is as up-to-date as you can be with her kids. But when it came to her, she was trapped in who she used to be and who that world used to be. And then Leela, the character, comes in and is just like, be you, which is the great growth and evolution of people who are younger than the people Mm -hmm. that are now in their 50s, they actually have felt entitled to be themselves. Yeah. And who made these rules? Yeah, Mm -hmm. who made these rules? Mm -hmm. So then we see Charlotte release herself from bondage. The belt. The belt comes comes back on. The spanks (laughs) go out and she throws them away and then, of course, retrieves retrieves one. (laughs) Puts on the belt. Because we don't want to go too far, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) And then, so she is back at work and she's at the Kasabian Gallery where she has now been hired by Mark Kasabian played by Victor Garber. Another Broadway legend. And we wanted this gallery to be scary and be grown up. And it is gorgeous and impressive and expansive. And it is like the Tesla showroom of art galleries. We didn't want it to be who she used to be down in Soho. This is a gallery on the Upper East Side, big player money, big artist money. And here she is. And she has left her insecurity behind for now and marching forward into her former self. Her next chapter. Right, her present self. It is a new chapter for how about... A new chapter as the title. <laughs> no, we did chapter three already. And then, Sorry. And then back to it. Anthony's younger guy. He comes in. Anthony is surprised because Anthony has decided to fire him, you know, the correct way over text. <laughs> <laughs> the, w- the way we do right. now. Why sure. text is a good thing. And and he says, "Didn't what are you doing here, Giuseppe? Didn't you get my text? And he says, yes, but I, crazy is not my first language. And he says... He confesses, and this is where Mario starts to open up the character, Mm -hmm. which is like, I can't work with you. You're hot, you're Italian, and I (laughs) I can't hold that line. I can't, and I can't be a middle-aged male Lorraine lusting after someone I can never have. And he goes, I understand. And then steps up and gives Anthony a kiss. So, and then says, I quit. Yes, which because is it's appropriate. To you- resolve the conflict. And that wraps up episode eight, 100 years ago. Thanks, Julie, Elisa, and Susan. We'll be back next week to unpack episode nine of the series, and just like that, called There Goes the Neighborhood. Stream new episodes of In Just Like That Thursdays on Max. Listen to the podcast on Max and wherever you listen to podcasts. And Just Like That, The Writer's Room is produced by Neon Hum Media for Max. At Neon Hum, Cher Morris is the executive producer. Joanna Clay is the lead producer. Sammy Allison is our head of production. Zoe Culkin is our associate producer. Sam Baer is our engineer. That's it for the show. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.
Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hacks is coming back and so is the official Hacks podcast. With us, your hosts. I'm Paul W. Downs. I'm Jen Statsky. And I'm Lucia Aniello. We're the creators and showrunners. Each week on the podcast, we'll break down the new episodes. We'll also have special guests, cast and crew from the show like Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart. Hacks Season 3 is available to stream now on Max. Be sure to listen wherever you get your podcasts or listen directly on Max.